Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Hello and welcome to Stop Hammer Time. It's a festive, excitable Stop Hammer Time as we celebrate four games since we last spoke to you, which was after the Norwich game. Four games of football that we won. All of them. All four matches won. Incredible run. Here to celebrate that run of games with me. It's, uh, if you like reading as much as I like reading, you'll like reading Nearly Reached the Sky from the Guardian newspaper. It's author of Nearly Reached the Sky. It's Brian Williams. Hello, Brian. You, you've got the... <laughs> no, no. Come on, Brian, <laughs> Brian, the microphone is facing across your face. You must move it towards your face and speak into it. That's, that's it. Good man, good man. Close to the microphones, everyone. Uh, now, now, Brian, you know who it is, so don't give it away while I... Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. While I, while I introduce him. But um, a week or two back on the, uh, on the Facebook page, there was a link to a new blog about West Ham. Now, a lot of people blog about West Ham, but this blog... It's a very unique blog in that it's about two things. It has a two-pronged attack. It's about West Ham United, and it's about Richard Wagner. Richard Wagner, not Robert Wagner, who's married to Natalie Wood, who he she was about him. he pushed off a boat. Apparently, the only bit of wood that didn't float. That's right, exactly. What type of wood doesn't float? Natalie Wood, terrible, terrible. Um, So we knew. Uh, that a man that produces a blog of that um, mixed, mixed, very much mixed media blog, we had to get on. So we've got him. It's Donna the Hammer. Donna the Hammer. Good Hello, Don. Don, you call, Don. You call yourself. You Don. refer to yourself on the blog as Don. And in fact, you are like one of those um, activists that wears the Guy Fawkes masks. You are. That is all a pseudonym, and uh, you will not reveal your real name for the, well, for the purposes of this of this podcast. You when will the not, moment is right, when the, you'll the the yeah. we'll discover that uh, yeah. yeah terribly happy to be here. Like the can bloke, we reveal that Don is currently chained to uh, a tree in here. We can. Yes, we absolutely can reveal that. Uh, I now you you Brian. I must be you must be a fan of the multi-purpose blog to discussing uh, discussing anti-semitic uh, composers from the 19th century and and teams from east london football team kind of thing really yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely yeah. i like um, i like anything that sort of serves a dual purpose uh, when i 
<clears throat> when I lived in Dawson for 20 years, when I first moved in there, uh, uh, the, um, uh, the corner of Truman's Road, uh, which was the road that I lived in, uh, there was a shop that sold reggae records and wool. Before you moved to Dalston, didn't you? You lived in Bromley, I believe. I lived in many places. I grew up in Bromley, Brian. Was yeah. there a certain rock star that you went? The went to the school, same school as myself and Jim, who normally does his podcast. Jim, indeed. Incredible! You should mention that there was, there was. Uh, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is so cool. It's like watching Morecambe and Rice. Oh, the chemistry, you, the chemistry, the chemistry is indisputable. Them up, smashing them off. Uh, yeah, so so it's old uh, Rega Records and wool, uh, and that's a, that's the sort of combination. That's what I like. I like uh, I like to have things in my uh, like James Bond has like uh, things like a uh, you know a pen that's also a car and, and <laughs> the, a watch that's a girlfriend and yeah, things yeah, like that. Yeah. And a car that's a catheter bag. Exactly, exactly. Uh, oh, that's why I like the Transformers movies because they're robots, but they're also means of transport, which means they're handy, um, handy for the shops. I had no idea I was going to be so out of my league. No, no, no. You're in your league because you created you. You created uh, Don the 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 hybrid the hybrid classical music football team podcast. Well, I genre. set out I set out to um, to find the most sort of minority interest blog that I could get. That's right. Uh, it's like a Venn diagram, isn't it? With an incredibly thin sliver. I am the only person in the world that's in the middle that likes those two things. And yeah. the Samaritans were engaged, so yeah. I thought, well, I will reach out and see if there's another person in the whole world that's like me alas so far there isn't <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to unmask you to too great a degree but you're a, a lawyer in real life and yeah. uh, so you took the decision to start the blog why what what prompted you to start doing that well no one would talk to me either right. professionally or socially um socially i live in a dodgy part of north london all my friends are tottenham or arsenal my son is mad on west ham and he's a comfort in my becoming old age but certainly no one was in the least interested in wagner so i thought hey what the hell i'll just yeah. write something and put it out there Brilliant. see if anyone comes back didn't expect anyone would but um i've amassed i've amassed you know nearly Double figures worth of followers on Twitter wow. now. Yeah. So you, how long have you been going? Like a couple of weeks? Good for couple double of weeks. figures. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I've got a golf club uh, that's also a chair. Um, so, is it the li- golf club <clears throat> that you were going to hit James <clears throat> MacArthur with? Ah, oh, yes, yes. Now you, you were talking about this McCarthy. Club, uh, McCarthy, James McCarthy. McCarthy. Yes, yes. Well, we've got them yes. to talk about, haven't we? Because we uh, we yeah. we exerted our revenge on uh, uh, we wrought our revenge oh. on the Toffee Men uh, just recently. Mm. Um, yeah, yeah. No, I yes, I would have. Uh, I, th- I think I was going to. I think I was going to attack him with either a golf club or a chair, and so that would have been very handy. I think I th- at one point you were going to hit him with Jim. Yes, yes, I was going to pick Jim up by the ankles, swing around, and club club James McCarthy to death with Jim. Yes, no, and, a, and a cigarette lighter was involved. Yes, I, I remember that specifically. Yeah, yeah. I'm an avid fan of the podcast. I pay attention. Oh, that's right. Yes, that's on the right. steps yeah, of the yes, Cottesloe Theatre. Right, yes, you had your cl- golf club, your cigarette yes, lighter. Yes. All you needed was him to turn up. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he called it. I was going to yeah. set fire to him. He wasn't there, was he? No, yeah. no, 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 no. Absolutely, he had been humiliated. Mm. Yeah. Uh, I have a toaster that's also a dove. (laughs) Um, 
so, now, there are um, four games to talk about. Now, the first of the victories uh, we have to discuss are, is the Blackburn Rovers game. Now, you were going to go. Well, I didn't go. Well, Jim went. Go. Jim went. You were going to go, but didn't go. Uh, didn't go. No. Life got in the way. Yes. You gave but your tickets to someone else. Gave Deserve our calls. tickets to someone else. They were thrilled. Uh, but what a game. So, mm, we were mm. confined to watching it on TV with everyone else. And, you know... Payet just came into his own. We got off to our traditional poor start. Uh, I was yeah. listening. I listened to the first bit on the radio, and uh, the commentators were kind of bemoaning West Ham simply not being at the races. They're going to be overrun. They're going to lose this game. Was the was the uh, uh, the verdict at that and time? And David they Dunn scored. was all over it. He was one of the co-commentators, and he was lapping it up. And then. You know, through gritted teeth, did he even have to accept at half time that the writing looked on the wall? But you're yeah. right, it was yeah. a poor start. Poor well, that's right, they, they got the early goal, didn't mm. they? And yeah. uh, they scored too soon. Did yes. we play three defensive midfielders that day? I hope not against Blackburn, but that's been the bane of our. That, that I haven't got many criticisms of Slav, if I've got no. none, he's been fantastic. But there have been games where I thought, why are we pay, playing? Noble and Kiate and one of Obiang or Son. They're yeah. all great players. Yeah, yeah. But it I'm is... not sure you can class Noble as a defensive midfield player anymore, can you? I mean, it was it was Kirbishly who, who put him in that role and told him he was too too slow to play further forward. But I mean, time and time again, he is along with Payer, our most our most yeah. creative yeah, yeah. player. And when you look at where he you know where he is on the pitch, he he's not scared to get forward anymore. He's is he? not. He gets no, no. There. And he, not just for crosses, but I mean, obviously, <clears> there was a goal against Norwich, and he's had a couple of shots that yeah. could well have gone in. And I think he's been free to the shackles, and that's just one of Billich's huge successes. Yes, it's interesting because because I mean, they, they, I think that's right. I think um, when the, when the injuries came to Pae and uh, Lanzini and Moses. Uh, he sort of deployed three guys that you you might think of as defensive midfielders, either Obiang or Song, uh, Kiati and and Noble. But when Lanzini came back against Sunderland, he took one of those out, probably Obiang, yeah. and played with uh, Antonio Pae and Lanzini up front with a striker in front of them and. So just two defence, so Kiyati and Noble. But it is the fact that Noble gets forward so much. And I think it's, if it ain't fixed, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Because that's what Kiyati does as well. Is they're, they're able to kind of do, combine both those jobs. Because Noble really scampers around the pitch. He gives the back four plenty of protection, but he also, you know, gets forward a lot. And sure, well, he always, he's always making himself available, isn't he? He's there for the mm-hmm. cross. So I, th- I think he's been fantastic. Because he didn't quite work at first. I thought this, I thought he's, he's you know, Bilic is going for an attack. Uh, option to include Lanzini by sacrificing Obiang's stroke song and actually in Sunderland uh, the Sunderland was not a great performance that wasn't a brilliant performance but uh, let's uh, keep talking about the Blackburn one though because because what was great was, you know, the, the the FA Cup is full of giant killings full of, or if not giant killings full of teams uh, that should be defeated defeating the uh, potential defeaters, and that's a big banana skin for us uh, traditionally. And I think what was re- really reassuring about that game was, you know, Jim went to it and said, "You could see the golf in class from from the second we started scoring goals. It was 
yeah. sort of men versus boys. We, we Although they, they helped, they gave us a helping hand in getting, yeah, into getting the game, a player, getting they? one of their own players sent off. Yeah. But then we scored two. No, after I think the goalie, the goalie should have saved Moses' shot. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So did yeah. we go in at half time one all or were we all in the lead? I think we. I think it was one or at half time. I so, yeah. But we were looking increasingly comfortable by that yeah. point. They had a man sent off, didn't they? And then we had one sent off. Yes. Yeah. Chiati was sent off on sort of like the oh, 70s. on refereeing. Refereeing. Yes, that was rescinded. Well, uh, the card was rescinded, wasn't it? Or at least the punishment yeah. was rescinded. Uh, and just uh, think if, rescinded. It, if it hadn't been, if, if Chiati had been out for the next three games... Mm. And with the injuries that we had and the reshuffling that the village had to do, it could have been absolutely. It could have been. Mm-hmm. But I don't, was it ever a three-game one? It wasn't violent conduct, was it? So it was a straight it was, red, is that not? Yeah, no, because it was, um, was it ungentlemanly conduct rather than violent conduct, I think. So I think it would have been one Just game, one maybe game. two. Mm-hmm. Game. But either, as you mm-hmm. say, it wouldn't have done us any favours. No, no, and he is he, so pivotal to the team. I well, and he's been right back and centre back, hasn't yeah. he, in the last kind of oh. couple of games? Both of which he sort of just yeah. did effortlessly. Yes, yeah. that game against Manchester United, I think, last season when uh, he played at centre back, <laughs> but just did his other job as well and scored. <laughs> It's like, it's yeah. like uh, Chick, you were going to make you, you're going to have to be centre back this game. I'm sorry about that. You you really won't be able to do what you normally do. What do you, he, he, arrived, he arrived as a centre back, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, that's right. He'd played centre back, you know, for yeah, the previous He insisted team. that he was a midfield player. Yeah, yeah. But I think he had been, we'd only seen him as a centre half. He's a terrific player. He really, you know, he's part of the kind of revolution, I think. I mean, yeah. he's, he, you know, he, he, a lot of the plaudits go to obviously Pye and Lanzini and stuff, but, but the kind of, the sort of reinvention of the team kind of, he was a big part yeah. of that when he first came because he was, you know, he was, uh, um, so strong, so adventurous from midfield and he's, you know, incredible sort of engine on him for such a kind of skinny, String bean, he's a terrific player, isn't he? I think they're just putting him on a new contract. Yeah, well, he's he's, and I think he's 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 got a tempo that the others pick up on. You know, he's got good hustle. You know, he even his worst games are sort of they're okay. You know, his his base level is really kind of strong. I think. Yeah, but very so. You know, five goals, very kind of satisfying. You know, two for Emenike, two for Baye. Moses opened the scoring, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah it's good. Emanike yeah. you know, has come in. He looks part of the group. He looks good, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like him. You know, he, he puts himself about and his, his strength. The ball sticks to him. Yeah. Who yeah, are we yeah. playing? Was it against? Oh, it was against Tottenham. Well, we'll come to Tottenham, won't we? Yeah, yeah. Gotham Sunderland was. Uh, Sunderland was. Yeah. One thing that was good about that was there was quite a kind of uh, um, feeling that there was going to be nigh on. Revolution when Allardyce turned up that he was going to. No, know, I was he, pleased the way it went. That, yeah, so I'm, I'm. God knows, I'm no lover of Allardyce and, and the football that he served up. But I think that the way to sort of show the feelings was pro Slav rather than anti Allardyce, mm. and, oh. and I thought that was. Uh, it, I thought it did the club a lot of credit. Yes, it did. It did, and it was because it was absolutely sort of expected and uh, expected by a lot of our own fans. Were were there? You know, oh the idiots! You know, as soon as I listen, they're going to be booing him. You know what they're like, and that sort of fans turning on each other, and one section of fans saying that another section of the fans are kind of idiots and sort of morons. I mean, we all know we've got our 
we've got as probably as much a share of kind of nasty pieces of work and kind of bears of little brain as any other football team. But uh, uh, it was really pleasing to see that, uh, in, in fact, the thing that Allardyce would probably hate most was being ignored. And that's pretty <laughs> much what happened, you know. Yeah. Uh, there was a little bit of... Um, uh, we're deluded and we talk bollocks. Uh, there was a bit of we play on the floor. And that's great. It's just a bit of sort of... That is, that is uh, to use the much overused remark, banter. And uh, no, it's very pleasing, very pleasing. And a bit of, you know, singing about um, Billich. Well, I'll do my decidedly boring and unfunny bit here because I'm a respecter of Allardyce. And um, it was... we we brought on the right guy when we when we took him on he was absolutely the right move yep. and it was absolutely the right time to move him on but in between and I booed for the whole game when he cupped his ears because mm-hmm. I was so saddened and upset by the whole thing but he did what he needed to do and I think um, we know that for, we know it's all in jest and an old player comes back and they're going to get booed and everything else but um, he did absolutely did fine for us and I'm I'm Pleased he was there, and even more pleased he's gone now. He's gone. He's a very strange man. I think he's a very you know oh, some yes. some of those you know the the, the other whole game that season that he he uh, his assessment of the game was that um, the tippy tappy football we were playing the first half was getting us nowhere, and the thing to do was to go direct in the second half, and that's why we scored three goals. Was in direct contradiction to what actually happened on the pitch. We were banging balls long, not getting any change from it. So we went to our diamond with two up front, Valencia and Sacco, and banged three goals in. So he completely sort of distorted yeah. the truth, I think, in order to sort of anger the fans, you know, uh, and to sort of win an argument that he's, it's only him that's creating. You know, he yeah. literally distorted the truth to kind of go, no, no, what you're saying happened didn't happen. I'm right, this happened. And it simply didn't. You know, it's quite but- interesting, isn't it, when you start looking around at Premier League managers. Now, obviously, they're not going to be shrinking violets. But some are more abrasive than others. And I think where someone like Bilic at the moment is really shining through, uh, Hiddink is another one. These guys have got some style about them. They've got class. They're classy people. Yeah, and yeah, they yeah. behave with, with, with some style. Um, I mean, Bilic, for example, uh, applauding Lukaku off... Uh, after the Everton game, yeah, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, you couldn't see Allardyce doing that, and we saw some hissy fits, didn't we, over the weekend with Pardew and mm-hmm. uh, and Wenger, and you know these guys—they've got this veneer of sophistication about them. But you scratch them, and they're not terribly sophisticated at all. Billich, one of the things I love about him so much is that. He's got some real depth. There's more to him than just being that abrasive football manager. Well, he, he's he's sort of playing his own game in a way in that he's almost assiduously self-effacing, you know, isn't he? He kind of... Uh, he, he credits all of the players very equally. He uh, doesn't talk about himself at all. Uh, talks about the team performance. He's very reasoned, very measured, doesn't get too excited, doesn't go, we're going to win the league, doesn't... Neither does he say it's a disaster. He never, you know, he very rarely apportions blame. He doesn't blame everything on decisions. Martinez was so rubbish after oh, that yeah, Everton yeah. game. Really, so incredibly really sneery, yeah. incredibly sneery remarks. And I was surprised, you know, Martinez a year or two ago was a bit like Billich's now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
You know, but it's, the, isn't it the Wenger thing that they're fine when they're winning and all they're being sophisticated and they lose and they they lose it as well. Well, I suppose I mean, we need to judge Billich by those standards. And it's you know at the moment everything is great. Things are going great. Yeah, yeah. And and uh, let's hope it, it doesn't depart from no. this. But when the pressure's on is when the manager needs to be judged, I suppose. But so far, I think his tactics, uh, the other, the, uh, uh, um, his substitutions at Everton, mm. which I know will come to, were spot on. And he really has hardly put a foot wrong so far. And he's, he's really not a, a man to be messed with, is he? I mean, as Morgan Malfatano found out. Yeah, yeah, yes, that's right. Yeah, yeah. And you're yeah. on the bus. There's well, a touch and, and of the Thomas Repkers about him. There's a look in his eye that you don't want to mess with him. <laughs> well, you said, you, you, you'd he's sense that there's quite, a, Repker, quite, a, big, now, quite a big <laughs> IQ disparity between <laughs> those two. <laughs> quite a big IQ disparity. Um, yeah, I, I, you know... We've seen a, we've seen quite a variety of performances, you know, with, within these wins. Because Sunderland, we didn't play, we didn't play well. No, to win that great. Game, you know, and the, we've, that's happened quite a lot this season. We, 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 was it Newcastle? We sort of beat fairly comfortably, but without playing well at all. But Mike Dean had quite, a shocker, didn't he? I thought against Sunderland. I know this sort of knocking the referee thing is the easiest game in the world, but I, he was appalling. I thought in that game, and he stopped everything. And I, I'm sort of starting to wonder about refereeing, really. I mean, I go every week now, and you watch a game, and you think the, the next referee is worse than the next. And I mean, when you see Anthony Taylor and think, hmm, he didn't actually have such a bad game, you really go home and think, bloody hell, what's going on here? And I just think that, that as a game, it's got to move on now. You cannot, I don't think, referee a game with just one person and a couple of linos. I think that the game as a whole needs to maybe take a lesson from something like American football where you've got referees and umpires and things all over the place. Um, in fact, I mean, that's how the game started, wasn't it? There were originally two umpires in the early days of association football and uh, they were both provided... Is this getting boring? If so, do stop me. No, no. I'm but, learning a lot. But they, they were um, provided from each side. It was on the understanding that neither side cheated because they were all gentlemen. Yeah. It was a question of... Uh, deciding on a ruling almost and that's where the referee came in there was somebody they referred these decisions to is it the corinthians that won't accept a penalty <laughs> they're so, awarded yes. a penalty i believe it is yes they, yes, they yes. Won't. the brazilian yeah. team the corinthians no no the original corinthians oh, the original corinthians, corinthians. As in the spirit. As, yeah. yes as they were i think but it's an impossible job now isn't it one person cannot see all that goes on and particularly when you've got Diving, general yeah, yeah. cheating. That, absolutely, yeah. Uh, well, I mean, to, it's not about technology. I think you just if you had more people on the pitch. And the great thing is, if you had more referees, you could do exactly the same thing with Sunday league football as well. You don't. You're not going to have video coverage at a game on Hackney Marshes, are you? But you can have an extra referee. But I think there's find, a I find think, somebody silly enough to do it. I, th- I think the you know the running of football has uh, been uh, carried out by the greedy and the stupid uh, and the as corrupt. we know from FIFA and the corrupt and um, you know I've said this before on the podcast after kind of Gaza's tears in 1990 and after football became hugely popular again after the kind of wilderness late 70s and 80s years with with Heisel and Hillsborough um, 
suddenly there was this sort of drive that footballers had to be uh, had to be a sort of a, a, a moral example to children everywhere. So things like sort of you know a little bit of fisticuffs were suddenly punished, and then diving is just sort of left alone. And, and like you occasionally see a yellow card for a dive, like we did uh, at the weekend for Morales uh, against Everton, but. Um, but it still carries on because it's not punished to enough of a degree and it should be kind of stamped out. And, the, you know, the amount of kind of rolling around uh, that happens all the time, is, you know, should be looked at. Whereas there's kind of, I don't think there's anything wrong with a bit of kind of shoving, you know, between two kind of highly motivated blokes in their 20s. It's really not a problem. Rugby, a lot of those other games, they just have the ref, you know, say, calm down, lads, and it all stops yeah. and it all blows over and it's all absolutely fine. So the amount of time that they're having to look out for cheating uh, rather than, you know, what they should be looking out for is, you know, really makes their job so hard now. Yeah, but I don't think we can blame everything. That, you know, the Sunderland, you're right, it wasn't our best performance. The ref wasn't great, but it wasn't all about the referee. I thought they were pretty good. Mm. We didn't have, you know, our midfield normally clicks into gear. I don't think they had, they didn't have bad games. I thought the Sunderland German guy at the centre of the midfield, I think he ran the game. I can't think of his name. No, but, um, I can't think of that guy's name. He came from Bayern Munich yeah. for not very much money. No, they were all right. Yeah, 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 they're, they're they're okay. Okay. Was he not it's, a Wagner? Was he not one was of that, the, He must be one of the Wagners. I didn't hear him sing. Oh. I did, but, yeah. uh, maybe he would be. Maybe he's a... Uh, well, if, he, if he ran ring cycles around us, then he might well have been a Wagner. Yes. Oh, very good. Oh, brilliant. You can brilliant. see why you have him on. Yeah, yeah. Um... So it, yeah. I mean, it was. Uh, it was. Um, I mean, we. we uh, you know, it was Lanzini's uh, sort of reintroduction was in that game, and uh, I think we did. I think our midfield had to get used to that sort of configuration because we did sort of sacrifice one of the more kind of defensively minded midfielders in it. But, but you know, we sort of held our own in that game. We didn't concede yeah. and stuff. But it wasn't. They were good, and we we were having to work hard in that game. And you know. Um, uh, and but the whole place was a bit flat, wasn't it? Yes, it I was. I mean, yeah, Upton yeah. Park as a yeah, whole yeah. was flat. I think a lot of us, uh, and I suspect the players maybe were the same, you were kind of halfway between the cup tie against Blackburn and uh, another game that was coming up that is probably slightly more important. Yeah, than, that's right. Between <laughs> Allardyce's return and the Adam Johnson verdict, which I think was the day before. Yes. There, mm. were, there were various distractions for the crowd. Yeah, yep. yeah. I think the chant going down with the Johnson was in very, very poor taste. <laughs> yes. And we, of course, would not condone <laughs> no, 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 such no, behaviour from the Bobby Moore lower. No, no. Absolutely. Um, but then it was the Spurs game. A couple of games, a couple of days later, it was the Spurs game. Uh, game's coming really incredibly thick and fast now. Um, uh, and that was very satisfying. Yeah. Uh, um, you know, we're, we're proving a bit of a bogey team for them. There was the three times in one season, uh, year before last, wasn't there? Um, um, you know, they did us or in they, one of our uh, our poorest performances this oh, season. It was. Early they really season. took us apart. Yeah, hard, that was yeah. our worst performance by far. Yeah. Well, he, we he gave them three goals. It was interesting because he sort of experimented with including Andy Carroll in the lineup, didn't he? And he went to a very uh, Allardyce type formation. Carroll was really isolated and on his own at Tottenham. Yeah, and we didn't and play it long. We carried passing it out from the back and yeah. you know, got yeah. out-pressed and, and out-manoeuvred yeah. and generally screwed up. And it was a miscalculation, but he, he, he... Bilic exactly saw what went wrong and the next game was different. 
you know, it's more you know back to a kind of front three. Uh, everyone's getting closer to to the front man, whether it was Carol or not. Uh, after that first, so very interesting. He really did see the mistake he'd made and fix it. And it was certainly yeah, different right. at the bowling ground, of course. It we, was. We, yeah. we played three at the back. We outpressed there. Three centre halves. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That first half was absolutely yeah. fantastic. Yes, yeah. it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was sort of take me, Lord, I'm ready now. I think at half time. Yeah. If, if I'd have I killed, that's why I mentioned to my son. Those were the words. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, you know, there, it sort of had everything because, in a sense, we 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 played on the front foot, but we did equally. You could argue play like they were the better team and that we were the underdogs because we just got in their got in their faces the whole game. They didn't know what had hit them at half time because we, you know, treated them with the respect that they were due because Spurs are a good outfit that may well still win the title. It really and was one of those games you didn't want half term to half time sorry to come, wasn't it? You, you just knew they would be better in Adam the Johnson half. wants half term uh, to come. He, he's looking for <laughs> half term to come. He's very keen. The lawyers are now looking over that joke, yeah. everybody. But they, yeah. they, you know, they, they, they were slightly shell-shocked. Uh, we, you know, the first yeah. few minutes, again, we did our classic, we didn't start that well. We didn't, we didn't get out the starting blocks that well. But once we were sort of up and running, we, we really closed them down. They just yeah. couldn't play. I don't know... Really know who are their most creative players in the sort of centre of the park, whether it's kind of Dyer and Chadley or something. But they were just given no space at all. And, no, uh, Ericsson was moving between the lines dangerously. But yeah, we were snuffing him out well. But I think, I think they made a bit of a mistake. I think they they dropped Rose and Walker. Yes, yeah, they? their best. Yeah, yeah, they rested. And, them, you know, they? this whole rotation business. And I think, and that played into our hands a bit. It's, it did. It certainly yeah, would have, yeah. you know, Antonio would have had quite a different game if yeah. Rose was there. That's their best play. That's, you yeah. Know, I mean, they're quite conceivably the England fullbacks for the next yeah. World, World Cup, those yeah. two. Walker's pretty much cemented in the England team now, and Rose is kind of, you know, understudy. Yeah. I'm trying to remember now the first few minutes of the second half because I remember thinking they can't be as bad. No, and they were the second half, and they they're going to come out and they're going to be really good, and we've got to be on our right metal. Battle and I don't know how we got through those first. Because I, I, I think they missed a trick by not bringing Deli Alley on earlier yeah. than earlier, they did. Yeah. I mean, he he can play a bit of that boy. Can't yeah. He? yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. We hear, we hope. And, uh, and I think if they maybe brought him on at half time. Well, who knows? But they didn't, and it was just a fantastic night. It was yeah, fantastic. yeah, it was, a, and it was, it was a, relatively comfortable. There weren't that many yes. hearts in mouths. Moments. I mean, it wasn't. It wasn't. A, it, it was not a rear guard action. Miss. It wasn't yeah. a rear guard action. The battle was still being fought, kind of in the middle third, rather than in and around our penalty area. I mean, where. Uh, you know, we we were behind the Spurs goal for the second half, and we didn't sort of see the ball really up our end that much. Got to say, but I mean, they didn't really have any shots on goal that Adrian yeah. had to worry about. Do you know, know I like Kane had a shot. Loris, Loris is kicking, and he's been like a sweeper for them all season. And he looked as though he was rattled. Well, Emenika really got on his. Yeah, case. yeah, yeah. He really yeah. Yeah. had a hard time. Yes, I, I sort of during that game, and it's very difficult, and I didn't do it for very long. But I tried to be dispassionate and think, well, look, Spurs obviously are a serious title contender. How good are they? And we've all seen West Ham sadly taken apart by teams when they've been at their very best, and you know, Arsenal and Chelsea and Man U. Tottenham didn't look like that. I mean, they're energetic no. and they've got some decent players, but you never thought. 
all right, my God, we've scored first, but we're not going to win this. And, no. and we've, you know, we've all seen, sadly, uh, us be on the wrong end of that. And for those odd moments when I kind of tried to step back from the, you know, actually just being there and thinking, this is Spurs and it's the last ever game at the bowling ground. And of course, we can't win. The gods of, you know, no, no. cannot allow this to happen. And no West Ham supporter can have this sort of luxury. They, they're not a bad side, but they're not, uh, no. they're not one of the greats. I, th- I mean, I think, you know, I, I think, I think you're, you're right, Don. I think we, he did us a, he did us a favour with his team selection. I think, I think though, if, if their kind of first choice fullbacks had played, um, might got, you know, they might have got a bit more change out of them. I think that Son guy is dangerous as yeah. well. And I think, you know, when he came off the bench, I slightly thought, oh, here we go. But actually, it's fine. It's okay. I came out the game feeling as though I'd been to a family therapy session. I was so worried about it before I went in. I thought, oh, God, they're going to be brilliant and they're going to win the league and this is going to kill me. You know, I I need to find a cable. I have to string myself Mm. up somewhere. When I came out, out of the game, I thought, if they win the league now, it's because they're slightly better than a fairly average lot Mm. and Mm. they aren't great. They might still win the league, but I've now got a coping mechanism. That I can can deal with Because they're they're just above average And City and Arsenal have really been crap Yeah, yeah, yeah Oh, absolutely I mean, I think think Spurs have sort of... um you know, to to their credit, and you know, Pochettino's. I think it seems like he's probably quite a good manager. And and but they they <clears throat> they had a little run of managers, you know, including AVB, um, Tim Sherwood, Harry Redknapp. They had that sort of squad of players that they had to sort of filter mm. through and get rid of, like Sandro and um, Soldado and some of their Asuikotu, mm. and and slowly refine to. A kind yeah. of bun, you know, Ericsson looks good finally. Like last season, he was very sort of hot and cold, isn't he? But Ericsson clearly is a good player, and yeah. I think we did a good job sort of trying to kind of stifle his creativity, yeah. which isn't easy worked. because no. I'd say he he's slips great. in and out, he's really hard to mark. <clears throat> good at free kicks, great he's player. a great player, he's yeah. a really good player, and, and and you know, Chadley's a decent player as well, I think. And, which uh, does prompt the question, doesn't it? Has the Premier League changed? Permanently, is this a one-off? The likes of Leicester and, you know, dare I say it, us uh, up there pressing seriously for a Champions League place, mm. and, and in Leicester's case, you know, absolutely nailed on. Is that is that a permanent change? And are there no longer just two or three good teams who are going to walk away with it, or is there finally going to be some evening out? I wonder. Um, I, think, I think it's permanent. I do. I think it's inevitable because if you've got the money to buy a fifteen million pound player and everyone else has only got the money to buy a £5 million player, you're going to be way better. Now that everyone else has got the money to yeah. buy a £20 million yeah. player... And pay them their wages as yeah. well. I mean, the from next year, it's, what, it's £80 million pounds a club, yeah. basically, isn't it, minimum? Yeah. And, yes, you, I, I, I agree with you. I yeah. absolutely agree with well, you. Well, it's, it's I going it's to permanent. get closer. Yeah. I, th- yeah. I, I mean, I think that there's... I think there's not a huge difference between a kind of, you know, 10 million or maybe 15 million pound player and a kind of 30, 40 million pound player. So if you, like we've said, if you can afford like a couple of 10 million pound players, like, you know, obviously we have probably the best example of the cheapest value for money player in the league at the moment in that we paid 10 for our, you know, playmaker 
uh, provider and goal scorer and taker of free kicks. You know, ten million. I mean, you know, well, that's that really them, isn't it? It's the yeah. wages you have yeah. to pay. Well, that's right. I mean, and the, and the, that's the, why the, with the new stadium, the financial fair play will have a bigger crowd, mm. will have a, a, a bigger income, and that really should help. Well, and I think key, it's going to be more the TV money than the size of the stadium. I mean, it's, uh, but no, in terms of it, financial it, fair play, does well, t- I don't know how t- that don't will know how help. Works, but actually. I mean, it's you know, it's no secret. I'm no uh, fan of the Olympic Stadium at least not to anybody who's heard this podcast before. But the money that is going to come in from the TV companies will make a um, huge amount of difference. But that will apply and to everyone equally. Well, will I think not that's, the bigger I attendance think, give I us think, an edge? I think that's why it's equaled out, and now it's a question yeah. of picking and keeping the right players. I mean, there was a story in the Metro that really pissed me off last week about um, Ogbonna, and the idea was... Uh, Manchester City and Manchester United are going to fight over Angelo Ogbonna, and so obviously he's going to go to one of them. It's mm-hmm. like a done deal. Well, I think those days have gone now. Why would he want to go and sit on the bench? If we can pay him the sort of money he's going to get at either one of those two clubs, why would he not want to stay with us? And I think that the influx of money, and particularly from the TV companies, much more than anything that the stadium will bring in, uh, I think that is going to be the, the, the big leveller. Yeah, I, I mean, I think in a way the, the uh, Chelsea and Manchester City uh, over the last kind of decade, uh, people have seen them almost destroy careers by uh, just acquiring players who go into their squad and sit on the bench, you know, from Joe Cole, in a way, being played out wide left. Well, to Chelsea's tragic. got 30 players out on the bench. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, yeah. But, I mean, they, you know, they... Um, Scott Parker's career was, you know, had the brakes put on it by going to Chelsea, where yeah. he hardly ever got a kick for like two years or something. That that ginger bloke who went to Sidwell went mm. to Chelsea. They just bought him just because they had some spare money knocking around. You know, I hardly ever got a kick. You and know, Gary, Gary Breen's career was brought to an end by coming to us. That's yeah. right. Yes, that's right. We weren't aware that it had ended before <laughs> he played for us. But uh, yeah, yeah, he'd. Um, he didn't tell us he'd retired before he no, came out no. to play his first game. We discovered that. It was quite a painful discovery, wasn't it? But Particularly I mean, at Old Trafford, for anybody who's feeling overconfident about um, Sunday's game. Oh, did he feature in a particularly bad... The 6-0 Cup game in 2003? Ah. Yes, which was a relegation season as well. I've expunged that from my memory. We, of I course, just, have I, got... I'm, I'm, I'm here as the, the destroyer. I'm a yeah. sort of death eater. I We've just want a, everybody to yeah, come yes. back... To where they should be. Yeah, We're but there's West a couple Ham. of uh, there's a couple of uh, City away at United Cup precedents that we'll get onto when we uh, uh, when we get onto looking forward to that game. Um, but yeah, no, that I, I mean the, the the you know same thing with Manchester City. Sort of players have gone there. That you know, sort of Milner was there for a bit, and then Stephen Ireland was there. All those guys went there, didn't really get a kick. And I think that's that's got to be something that. Players must be kind of learning from that now. Must be, you know, because you know the 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 that guy what was it Winston Bogard who was happy to sit on the bench and just pull down a big wage at Chelsea. You know, Adibayor might have that attitude as well. But, but 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 you know they have short careers. They make a lot of money already. They must want to play. And uh, someone offered the chance of going to you know one of the um, quote big clubs, unquote, uh, or stay at a club that's, you know, mid-table or probably top third, but they get to play every week. Well, this is where the, the China be a- factor might be. It'd be interesting to see how that plays out, where people in their prime, will people in their prime be tempted to go out there for ridiculous money 
mm. and play in some league that no one's ever going to see? Or does football matter to them more? And we shall see. Well, well, I don't think we've, done, we've not done enough gloating about Tottenham. We've no, 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 gently no. moved on. No, no, it was... Um, well... Both Tottenham and Everton. It's I, you know, I, I, people. I think people because of the, uh, the you know the traditional enmity with Spurs have sort of posted. I know KUMB uh, needs that Mother Brown does a kind of uh, uh, view from the other side after every game. So you see tweets and you know Facebook posts from Sounds fans of the other team. Polite. Uh, yes, uh, yes. It, it of course That's isn't. Uh, it of course isn't. But it is. That sort of. In a way, this is a conversation leading on from 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 saying, you know, are there just four or five sort of big clubs now in the following team, or is there going to be a bit more parity as teams like Leicester and us mm. maybe start to break into it? Because the obsession, the obsession that Tottenham Hotspur have with being a big club is, I, I think I've talked about this before on the podcast, but all that sort of like... Uh, it's their cup final. It's their cup. Did you see? Did you see how pleased they were when they won? Did you see how delighted they were? And you go, well, well yeah, well, we won. <laughs> I was pleased. A, we won. I was yeah, that's I right. Mind like, I mean, but but listen, what I, are we supposed to be disappointed? Have, when I was a kid, the two there were four four London teams in the first <clears> division. West um, Tottenham and Arsenal were the big ones, and West Ham and Chelsea were the little ones. Mm-hmm. And that was life as I knew it. And it, I, I get quite a lot of vicarious pleasure out of how Tottenham must have suffered over the years winning nothing and Arsenal winning everything. Yeah. And it does, it, it must eat them up. Well, we finished above them a few times in the kind of early days of Harry. After, the, after that sort of 91 cup final with Venables and, you know, Gascoigne getting stretched off and stuff, they, they went into a bit of a decline. And then they had about 30 managers, didn't they? they from, from sort of Ozzy Ardiles through Granite yeah. Hoddle up to, with the, with the bloke with the mullet. Uh, who's that? Jerry Francis. Jerry Francis. Yeah. You yeah. know, they, they, they had like 10 managers in as many years or something, probably yeah. more. You know, uh, and they had a kind of a, quite a rough time. I think we finished above them under Redknapp a couple of times. So, but I mean, but the thing but, but really this notion of why I, I just don't understand the, the, the concern with being seen as a big club and what do you mean by big club? They just bark the words big club out so they, until they mean nothing. I don't, I don't know what they want. And Everton, in a way, the same thing. There was like a tweet that someone posted saying, you know, uh, well, tells you something about the size of, of West Ham when like one of their heroes is Mark Noble. That tells you something about the size of the club, doesn't it? And you're like, it's the size that it is. But I yeah. mean, it's not, I'm, in a way, I'm not complaining about stupid football fans saying stupid things. But the, but the notion of, you know, because I wonder if it extends to their infrastructure, the idea of obsessed with being a big club. You know, uh, again, you know, sort of uh, defending our fans, I, I, I would say that, you know, even, even with a lot of idiots and a lot of, you know, sort of angry people you see, I don't think anyone I don't think I've ever seen any West Ham fans kind of claim we're a big club or, well, if, or if have we, aspirations we, to be a big club because they don't know what it means we're comfortable in our skin like if we're going to have a family therapy session here now that Don's Don's joined us is our problem not that Tottenham we are to Tottenham what Millwall is to us yes that they re- Millwall really hate us and we couldn't give a monkey so yeah. obviously with Tottenham all their focus is on the Gooners, and they don't care about beating us as much as we care about them. I suppose it's so. a bit. It's a bit like that. I, I I wouldn't obsess on Tottenham in that way, but I would have been. I would be very upset 
if they had won the league, and they might still do, but with a with an excellent team. I mean, I you were talking about how Chelsea. I remember Chelsea winning at Upton Park once, four one. Think uh, Wright Phillips scored two. We couldn't get near them no, for the no, whole no. game. That that was a league winning team. Tottenham came the other night and they would they looked like a journeyman team. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was hard working, and that was it. Well, uh, you know, and uh, I think some of the kind of um, uh, and I'll use the word very loosely analysis from Spurs fans was sort of uh, that we had played a kind of very defensive bus parking game, and uh, they just weren't watching the same game. There was also talk of long balls. They hit more long balls oh. than we did, but they were going oh typical West Ham long balls. Um, but it's a strat. I mean, I just don't. I can't understand what the abstract notion of a big club is you know Barcelona I think can probably with justification say that they are a big club for every tangible reason and every empirical reason that could be stated but but then teams of a kind of medium size having this in their sights all the time that I want I want people to think we're a big club I want to be thought of as a big club I just we just, you know, you just get on and play football. You know, our Farnborough going, oh, you know, those big clubs like Woking, we want to we want to be up there. You know, is there that? I don't think there is. When I, I, think- when I meet stra- a stranger and I talk to them about West Ham and what it is to be about West Ham, I take such pride in the, the, the fact that we are smaller and we're kind yeah. of wrong side of the tracks, at least before gentrification. And, that, um, you know, that's, I love that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, the fact that we haven't got a trophy full of, uh, a cabinet full of trophies is, is, is fine. And in a way, that was the mis- you know, that's what's slightly annoying about how uh, the deluded West Ham fans uh, sort of trope uh, that's evolved since Sam, and Sam did a lot to propagate that, has grown. The misapprehension that part of the reason that West Ham fans might have complained or booed is because we want to be in Europe every year. It wasn't. We were booing because of the defensive nature of the football yeah, and the non-progressive nature of yeah. the football. That's the only reason. Not any self-inflated idea that we should be challenging for the top four places or we should be in Europe, or we should be winning silverware. We just wanted to, you know, happily be... You know, that, that again, the Red Nap era uh, had quite a lot of years where we were sort of comfortably mid-table playing good football, and we liked it. Yeah, I just uh, one thing to add to that. I mean, obviously all of us sitting around this table are of a certain age, and we've seen West Ham actually win. I'm 25. <laughs> you don't look a day over. No. And we've seen West Ham actually size, win the it? cup. This is why I'm now getting so, A, excited, and B, nervous about what the next few weeks could bring us because for younger supporters who have been incredibly loyal to the club and have bought into the idea um, I mean Don's talking about his his 15 year old son mine is in his 20s now and they've not really seen any success and the playoff final was a great day out but let's face it it's because you've finished third and you've gone up through the back door To actually go to Wembley and watch your team win the cup is absolutely special. Mm, And mm. I just hope so much that um, the younger supporters get to see that. Let's do something really quickly. Um, when uh, The last uh, edition of this podcast, I did a little, because we had two teachers on, I did a sort of test. One of them was like a maths test with shirt numbers kind of going, you know, uh, Oxford plus Carroll divided by Bobby Moore. You yes, know, maths was all that sort of thing. thing. Uh, but I was thinking, um, 
uh, like shirt numbers. When you picture a West Ham player with a number on their shirt, if I say the number, what player do you picture? Because when I was sort of setting that Right. That test, I sort of did it for myself, and I wrote down my results. It was on the tube back from the pub on the podcast, so I literally kind of said a number to myself. And the first player wearing that number that was a West Ham player, I said, that. "So I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it to you." Okay. Uh, so shirt number nine, Clyde Best. Interesting. I want to say Brian Deer. Brian Deer could be right. Jeff Hurst, I say. No, it's uh, ten. Ten. Uh, ten for England, nine for West Ham. No. Not in mind. I would say Hurst was always a number ten. In my head. No, I don't think so. Nine. Nine, okay. I think. I think so. I, I might be wrong, actually, but I think he, I think he was nine. Some of, these, some of them I was wrong. It, it, this doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to be the best player. It's just the first one that pops yeah. into your head when you okay. see that. Because, you know, one of them, I, I, couldn't, I couldn't picture another one. So, Eight. Graham Padden. Padden? Oh, that's very good. Um, no eight is coming up. See, I, c- I couldn't. Kiyati, or Ronnie, Ronnie Boyce. Kiyati, Ronnie, Ronnie Boyce. Ronnie Boyce. Yeah. Uh, well, one that was eight, McAvenny. Yeah. And I sort of, you know, I sort of just Googled for a bit, but I couldn't think of one, and I said Kiyati. Two. Ray Stewart, all yeah. day long. The one I picture, Tim Breaker. That's who I always picture. Great story about Tim Breaker. Um, the last day of the old chicken run before it was knocked down and built into the new East Stand. Uh, he went over there to um, collect the ball that had gone into the crowd, held his hands up in the traditional manner. And don't ask me how this character got it in there, but somebody threw him a frozen chicken <laughs> that they had taken into the game specifically for that purpose. <laughs> throw me into the... And that's oh. why I love West Ham folks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I used to love Tim Breaker. You, yeah. Um, you, you know, other twos are obviously Winston Reed is two. Uh, Lucas Neal was two, wasn't he? And Lu- Ray Stewart obviously was two. Lu- Lucas who? Um, Got a lot to thank Lucas Neal for. Yeah, he was right, wasn't he? Yeah. Um, five? Alvin. Alvin, yeah. Yeah. I I'm really showing my age. Alan Stevenson. His Alan first Stevenson. name has popped up. I think it was the... He was, was, he was, was my, the, first, my first season. These are all the numbers that have stuck in Oddly, Anton, for me. Uh, as they've been wheeling out, you know, all the old boys uh, yeah. this season, they, they had a, a bunch, didn't they, at the... Was it Sunderland or uh, Spurs? I think it was the Sunderland game where Jeff Hurst uh, let the, the old F yeah. He did, yeah. And, he uh, did very which, well, didn't he? It was just a shame that BT weren't showing that live. Yeah. <laughs> but they had Alan Stevenson there, didn't they? And they were bringing him out. And uh, Normally, you know, when I'm talking to my lad about these guys, I, I'm getting a bit sort of moist-eyed about, like, oh, he's brilliant, oh, he was great. Alan no. Stevenson, <laughs> he was shit. He wasn't <laughs> terribly good. Maybe he was standing next to Bobby Moore, didn't do him any favours. Um, three. Julian Dick. That was me too. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Julian Dix, me. Yeah. Number Bobby. one, Bobby Ferguson, Phil Parks. Yeah, I'd, I'd probably. My first thought would be Phil Parks. Ten, Jeff Hurst. Jeff Hurst. Yeah, I think he's nine. <laughs> or Trevor Brooking. Or Trevor Brooking. Trevor Brooking. Um Six. Hmm, can't leave anybody Enough. there. Yeah. Well, the first one that comes to my mind Kevin is, Locke. is Devonshire. Because <laughs> Devonshire wore six. Did he? Yeah, Devonshire wore six. I think Kevin Locke had it as well. Kevin Locke he? did have it. Next, right. next in line, yeah. Uh, <laughs> seven. Mark Ward. Yeah, that's... It took me a Sports Social Podcast Network. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. 
Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.